Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Spiral Out Podcast. I am your nasally host, Chris West. Nasally, because I have COVID. Uh, and having COVID sucks. It sucks hard. It sucks about as bad as going to a concert and not getting a poster when you want one. Uh, which does happen. Anyways, on our show today, we have Justin Holcomb. Justin is a tattoo artist out of a Midwest area near Philadelphia and Delaware, somewhere in that region. Uh, he's a great guy, great tattoo artist. One of the best tattoo artists I've had the pleasure of speaking with, actually. Um, he does some amazing, amazing work. Definitely well known in the Tool fan base. Does a lot of Alex Gray, Chet Zar, Tool related uh, tattoos. Very well known as a guy who does tool tattoos. When I put it out there that I needed a tool tattoo, his name his name came up immediately and definitely has the work to back up his uh, back up those claims. He's doing some really really cool stuff. Uh, really really nice guy. So tune in for that. I have definitely been MIA uh, a little bit lately. Uh, now that the U.S. tour is over. Uh, Europe tour is over. I I went to Europe. I had a time there. What kind of time that was, we'll eventually get into. Uh, I also went to Pucifer two nights. The first show in Las Vegas. And the third show in LA at the Greek, which both were amazing. Both were kind of unique into themselves. And with Pucifer now comes a whole new poster mm, game uh, new crowd it seems some some old faces but some new faces and uh, a whole new discussion of value what are these things worth what are they not worth how rare are they there's definitely different numbers than comparatively to tool shows which is by design i hope you enjoy this episode uh happy father's day to all the dads out there Especially uh, my father and then Justin, the guest, who we get to hear from his son. So thank you for listening and spiral out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Spiral Out Podcast. On today's episode, we have Justin Holcomb. Uh, he's a tattoo artist out of somewhere near Delaware is what I got from our previous conversation. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> not in Delaware. I'm, I live in Maryland right now. Maryland. I'm working out of Pennsylvania, but the area in which I live is right where Pennsylvania, Maryland and Delaware all kind of meet there in the corner at the tip of the Chesapeake Bay. So like in 15 minutes, I could be in Delaware and 15 minutes I could be in Pennsylvania and so on and so forth. I don't think I've ever been up in that area. I think the furthest I've gotten was Cleveland. You'll have to come hang out sometime. That leads me to my first question is, so you're a tattoo artist, right? And right. you do a lot of uh, tool-related stuff. I'm sure that's not all you do, but uh, I've seen you've it, done a lot of Alex Gray work and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, my first question is, is, you did something where you brought people to your property for, for I don't know how many days, like a week or four days or five days? How long was it? It was a week. Um, George and Amy Davis came from Texas down in the Fort Worth area and they, uh, they stayed a week. And, uh, so I, I started this tattoo themed bed and breakfast. Um, and what kind of led me there was I have a lot of clients that come from out of state and out of country and they were already spending money on the hotels. They were already spending money on the rental cars. They were spending crazy amounts of money on food that I could have cooked better. So, I just sort of like smashed it all together and made it easy for everybody. It it's it either and don't take offense. It's either sounds really fun or really really scary. <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely a crapshoot. And um, so fortunately, I have the control over who I invite to my home, right? Um, so if I get any weird vibes or if it's someone that I don't know really well, you know, we probably just set you up in a place around town and, and stuff like. That that but the at least in the beginning of this endeavor a lot of these people i've had long relationships with you know what i mean they've i've been 
involved in this whole fan group thing, this fan base, so to speak, for uh, since the early 2000s, you know? So, um, you know, a lot of these people I've spoken to for a long time. I've tattooed them before. I trust them. You know, it's just convenient. You had to have, at one point, did your first tool tattoo. Were you into tool before you started doing tool tattoos? And previously, yeah. another question, how many tool tattoos have you done? I don't even know, bro. <laughs> like, uh, it, it's like, it is definitely the subject matter that has carried my career. The weight of it, the, you know, um, gathering clients over time from all over the world. Like, that wouldn't have been possible without tools. That's sort of what helped me get my big break. So I, I was a fan of school before I discovered tattooing. Um, I discovered tattooing on my way out of the Marine Corps. And I discovered tool right in the beginning of my high school career. I was dating this girl and my dad had hooked me up with and she was way out of my leg at the time. <laughs> and uh, and uh, she, we just, we got, we got stoned one night and uh, we were riding to this football game and she threw this CD on. She had this Ford Bronco and the, the engine and the tires were so loud and she had these little tiny shitty speakers and I could barely hear it. But from what I could hear, like, I was like, well, who is this? You know what I mean? Like, this is so much different than anything I've ever heard. Daddy? Yes, buddy. Um, I love you too, buddy. Yeah. Hey, did you capture that moment? Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> Do me a favor. So, um, Br- bring him into the shot again. I'm going to take a screenshot. Hey, hey, Gravity, come here, buddy. You want to take your picture real quick? Come here. Ready? This is Gravity. One, two, three. Very good. Thank you, buddy. So, um, do you remember? Do you remember yeah. what album it was? Anima. Oh, it was Anima. And uh, yeah, it was. You know, she just threw it in, and so the first, the first hearing was was Stinkfest, and you know, this very classic opening riff, and, and yeah. very, 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 very recognizable song right off the get, and. Um, that was my first experience, and I was like, "What is this?" Yeah. He's like, "You never heard Tool before?" And I was like, "No." He's like, "I'm about to take you on a ride, kid." Right? And this and was this. And she did. And this was this hot girl that was completely out of your league. Yeah, she was older than I was. It, was. it just so happened that her, my father worked with her mother in the operating room at the hospital, and uh, he was just like, "Let's hook these two up," and and we dated for like I don't know a year or two. Oh, so it didn't, it didn't, it didn't take the long haul. No, what does? <laughs> no, I know. But, uh, I mean, again, thank her. I, I, I thank her. Or I'm sure people you've given great tattoos, uh, should appreciate her just introducing you to tool. So this, this lady introduces you to tool. You, you, yeah, you, so- you get into stink fist, uh, it opens your perception. And then, and then what do you just dive down the rabbit so- hole? Well, back then, like, there wasn't really much of a rabbit hole to dive down that was readily available other than MTV. So MTV would play some stuff, and that was cool or whatever. So I kind of, like, I noticed them, and I filed it away almost. And, you know, when I'd hear them, I would enjoy it and talk about it and be, like, pumped about it. But, like, I never really ran down any rabbit holes until I saw them for the first time live when I was in the Marine Corps. That's where, like, I became a big fan. And I really, you know, started to dive into their library and listen to stuff I had never heard before. So that's a good story too. Where, we, uh, uh, where, where did you see them in the Marine Corps? Uh, the Blaisdell uh, Concert Hall in Hawaii, Honolulu, Hawaii. Oh, is that that uh, famous poster with? Uh... There's not a poster for this show. This was in 2006 or seven, or late 2006 or early 2007. I think it was or 2005 maybe. I don't remember. 10,000 Days had just come out. Gotcha. And I heard them on the radio while I was working, while I was yeah. you know, doing my Marine Corps stuff. And I, I heard the guy on the radio say that they were coming to town. And I was like, I got to get tickets to that. So and it was still like pre-internet. Like, yeah, I internet you. was just sort of popping off. So like I went and camped out all night like a real fucking fan. No, I've done it. Yeah. And <laughs> For actual yeah. paper and tickets. So, yeah, so we were the first people in line, and uh, we camped out all night. And at some point, this guy showed up with a whole handle of whiskey and a bunch of Cuban cigars. I just got obliterated. 
right? And I, <laughs> I woke up in the car on the way back home, my ex-wife driving. Like, you know, when you wake up or you've been drinking, you're like, oh, what happened? And uh, <laughs> yeah, she like just quiet. And I'm like, I missed the ticket. Fuck, I missed the ticket. And she just started smiling. I'm like, what do you know? What do you know that I don't know? And she was like, I got the ticket. So like everybody yeah. saw me get blasted drunk. And I'd been there for so long making friends with everybody that they all kind of looked out for me and held my spot for my wife to take care of my dumb ass at the car <laughs> and then get back in line for the first, you know, first ticket. So was this show have awesome. seats or was it a floor? Yeah, it was an it was like an opera house. So like they had these I got the first row of like bucket seats in this yeah. little like a uh, little space up top. Sure. Right over the left side of the stage. So right over so Justin. So we were like... Or right over right Adam. Over top, right over Adam. And uh, it's a little tiny, tiny venue. And do they play the sickest concert I've ever seen in my life. It was the first time I had heard Rosetta Stone okay. in its entirety. And, and I got to see it live. So like that was crazy. And at the end of the concert, this dude jumped off the balcony onto the oh, people wow. below like... It was crazy. They yeah. did their intermission, and uh, when they did their intermission, they sat at the end of the stage and drank a beer together instead of going off stage. And dude, for fifteen minutes straight, you couldn't even hear yourself yelling. It was like they fucking saved the world or something. <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, I remember going to tool shows back in that day when they used to play Rosetta Stone a lot and Wings and Lateralis, mm-hmm. like every show. I think that was the first time I seen Maynard use the like big microphone, the megaphone. Mm-hmm. Was during yeah, yeah. Rosetta Stone. I loved that era because it was still some shows where you where you were just like on the floor. There were no seats. Yeah, I think that was the last era of uh, Tool with no seats. So when did you start getting into tattooing? So on my way out of the Marine Corps, I was on my way out of the Marine Corps. I didn't really know what I was going to do. I was uh, involved with a mixed martial arts promotion over there in Hawaii. And uh, a, a really good gym called the Bullpen. Some of the guys that uh, sponsored that event over there at the Blaisdell were uh, a tattoo studio. They were called Dream World Tattoo out in Waimanalo. And so they approached me and asked me if I wanted to get some free tattoos. And I was a very naive young Marine that loved the sound of that. Right. And so I went to go get these tattoos, and that jack, he just, the dude just jacked up my whole left arm. And so. I went around the island for a little while trying to figure out if I could get it fixed. And some people would say, yeah, you need laser surgery. And the other people would say, sure, I'll fix it. And I'd sit down and mess it up a little bit more. So finally, <laughs> one day we were at the barracks. <laughs> and I'd always been an artist. I've, I've always been a painter and a sculptor. And uh, so one day we were at the, the barracks. And my friend, he's kind of like a pack rat. He had all this stuff he didn't need. We were cleaning our barracks during field day. And... <laughs> He, I look in his foot locker and he's got this tattoo kit. And I was like, is that a tattoo machine? He was like, yeah. I was like, let me see that thing. And it couldn't get any worse. You know what I mean? Right. It was like, it was like a love scene in a movie, bro. The whole world, uh, Chris Isaac Wicked Games came on the radio. <laughs> it was like a love scene. And I knew right then and then that what I was going to do with tattoo. So you obviously had to like apprentice or no? Like, do you just, just. I did. I did an apprenticeship, uh, but it wasn't. It was it wasn't very fruitful, you know what I mean. Like it was an old school artist who, who was doing things the wrong way, and you know, getting upset when things would arise or clients would not want to work with him. They'd rather work with me, and you know, it just didn't work out. So I just went ahead and rubbed shoulders with the best artists I could find and picked their brains and and just did the best I could. So what uh, what were some of those artists in the beginning that you 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 brain picked. Uh, there's a couple local guys. Uh, there's a guy named Casey Anderson around here that I really respect as an artist and, and watched him get really good, really fast. So I was really paying attention to what he was doing. Yeah. I mean, there was, there were some local artists, you know what I mean? Uh, but most of them were not around where I, where I was. So I would have to like purchase their DVD seminars and stuff like Brandon Bond had this, this DVD. I think it was called keeping it real or something like that. I can't remember all, all or nothing. The whole enchilada is what it was called. <laughs> and I bought that DVD and, and it not only talked about the tattooing techniques, but running 
tattooing as a business and, and uh, dealing with clients and stuff. It was very, very helpful. Uh, so you said you were an artist before you got into tattooing. You, 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 you said you painted and sculpted. Now, mm-hmm. I'm very curious, other than the human element, you know, obviously tattooing people, they move <laughs> and have their own person. Every person has a different personality. So, you know, canvas doesn't, that doesn't, doesn't talk back, <laughs> isn't in pain. Mm-hmm. But as for actual, yeah, that can be glorious. As for the actual process of tattooing, like, how do you think it differs from just regular painting and drawing? Well, the longevity of it is the biggest, thing, right? So you paint something on canvas, it's going to last forever as long as you frame it and protect it correctly and stuff like that. You know, we get old, we get wrinkly. You know, we we bake ourselves in the sun and we go swimming and get bacteria infested creeks. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're living creatures, so the longevity is the biggest thing. But other, at first, when you're just working on it, once you get used to it, there's a there's definitely a, a learning curve uh, on the median of skin. You know, you have to get used to the way the tattoo machine runs. You have to get used to how it feels to run on human flesh and uh, someone like, you know, there's just so much to learn about it. But once you once you familiarize yourself with the canvas, there's nothing really different about it than painting that's why i enjoyed it so much that's why i excelled so fast so i got you know i got uh, i got this half sleeve right how important is it to have good like relations with your subjects or or canvases or skin canvas i don't know what you call them customers that's a really really good question and it's probably going to lead us into some pretty some pretty good stuff here uh how do i answer that question because i will say this and this is why i bring it up this guy spent weeks you know i'd say all together on this half sleeve let's say eight 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 let's say 60 hours you know doing this yeah. half sleeve and i won't go back to him now because uh one he was you know great artist but not very like friendly to sit there with for <laughs> eight to ten hours doing your sleeve and also and i and i've seen this before another tattoo artist he definitely made like a huge mistake on my arm and uh, was not nice about it. Well, that, that just sounds like an asshole a little bit if he genuinely made a mistake. <laughs> now, I don't know the man. I'm not calling him an sure, asshole. Sure, sure, sure. Um, He's a great artist. So I'll give I him that. Say, but Well, what I will say is like it is likely that if you are a really good artist, you're dealing with a large group of people on a daily basis, right? all the time it's never stopped sure it's constant and it's very a lot of it's repetitive a lot of it are people refusing to to hear the answer no or why something won't work so they you know what i mean i don't know sometimes when you deal with a lot of people for so long you don't have any patience for for people that aren't immediately in your circle you know what i mean it's just it's sure, too sure. much to, I get to it. give all of your all all the time to everybody. It's just, it's so much. So I, de- I definitely don't fault him. I just, uh, again, I would tell people to go to him. He's a great artist. I just won't go back <laughs> because. Uh, yeah, you know, and that's fair. We and don't click. Right. Yeah. And that was going to be one of my next points is sometimes you just don't vibe with people. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's just, you're not on the same wavelength. You're not on the same communication it just doesn't work out sometimes and that's okay and i will say you this: know, uh, he he uh, uh hates tool <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, i mean he refused just two different people buddy he refused to do any tool tattoos <laughs> well not for nothing i don't blame him for that either because nine times out of ten if someone wants some alex gracia and dude there's only so this is i need everyone to listen very carefully <laughs> okay Everybody, everybody listen. Okay. This is very important. The Alex Gray pieces that people tend to gravitate towards are impossible to execute on a living canvas, (laughs) right? Especially in any reasonable amount of time without a huge space available, like like a net of being, right? Like that's like Mm -hmm. one of the go-tos that everybody, every single person that wants an Alex Gray piece starts with that piece for the most part. 
And I'm like, this needs your whole back. It's going to take two years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then they're like, what? And they don't understand. And so it's a nightmare of a consultation most times. You know what I mean? Because you have to go through and re-educate people on what is actually physically possible. Like, you know, it has to be this big for it to last any longer than two weeks. Right? Yeah. You mean everything else? You mean you can't do a great turn just on the back of my hand right here? (laughs) Exactly, bro. It's, it's, you, you know, detail equals room and your, your skin is like bubble wrap and you impregnate these cells to create the design of your desire. And the more elaborate that design is, the more bubbles you need to put all those inks in the spaces that those inks have or those bubbles have. And, and not for nothing in a very short amount of time, those bubbles are going to break and the ink's going to go in the other bubbles around them. And so, you know, all that Alex Gray stuff needs significant room. It needs significant time. It's very, very detailed, uh, attention to detail oriented. Um, and a lot of people don't understand that what is involved in a project like that. You know, it took Alex four to six months to paint the fucking thing to begin with. And and so it's going to take me a long time to recreate it. Right. They want you to do it in eight hours and he took six months. And then a lot of times I am doing it in anywhere between eight to 16 hours. Yeah. Ugh. Do you remember giving your first tool tattoo? Hmm. Like when, or at least like when it started to um, become a That's theme a in your life. Because well, again, you're known uh, in the tool groups and the tool fan pages as, you know, I, I put out there I needed a tool tattoo and your name came up six or seven times. Uh, again, there had to have been a, there had to have been a, um, a nexus moment or some type of yeah origin story. There definitely was a there was a launching point when it sort of went popular. I don't really remember exactly what my first school tattoo was. I think it might have been on a gentleman named Jack. It's hard to describe the reference, but it was a portrait of Maynard and he was leaning on this microphone and he, you know, is in this green light. I think it was a painting rather than a photograph to begin with. I think that might have been my first one and that just occurred because you know, it's just by chance we rec- we found out we were each pool fans, and I was like, I'm hooking you up. I've never done one type of deal. But the one that really, like, got my name out there was, I would say it was probably Shane Hexham tattoo. I just was at Shane Hexham's house two days, or, like, five days ago. Yeah, I think that one's probably the one where people were like, who the fuck is that? Which one did, is that? I don't I don't know it off the top of my head. I don't know the name of the painting, but it's uh, it's it's a forearm piece, and it's got the guy at the bottom, and he's he's got these like chakras above him, and it's like it's all geometric looking, it's crazy. I don't know the name of it. I'll we'll uh, have to like I'll hit him up and nip it in. And yeah, no, I'm, I got a picture I could send. Yeah, please do. Because uh, I'll yeah. I'll release uh, it with the with the episode. So you did yeah. uh, Mister Mister Hexums, who made the makes the pins. You. Uh, you did his forearm, and that's yep. kind of what kicked it off. Well, that that was because Shane's so embedded in the fan base as well that I think just a lot of eyes got on it. And uh, once that happened, then I then it just like sort of started to run away. I started you know do fans like Wes Harden, uh, rest in peace, buddy. Um, Alicia Rhodes came to uh, Jerome. I started tattooing a lot in Jerome too. I think that helped a lot. I was working at the Jerome Tattoo Company right there by the Postburst store. Really? And, uh, yeah, and uh, I was guest spotting out there a few times a year. And uh, clients were coming into Jerome to get the whole, basically the whole deal. They go visit the winery, they go to the Postburst store, they get a tattoo by me, and it'd be like this whole little thing. And uh, so Alicia Rhodes came into Jerome and got tattooed for the documentary The Holy Gift. By Stefan Fazaldi, I think is that's how you say it. I don't name. know about this documentary. You don't know about that, buddy? No. Yeah, it's a it's a good deal. I'll send you a link. Uh, he worked on it for like a long time, like seven or eight years, I think it was that he worked yeah. on. He's from France. Okay. So he he put this post up that was like looking for tattoo artists or people that have cool tattoos in the Cleveland area. So I hit him up. I was like, I'm not coming to Cleveland, but I'll be in. If you want to get some footage of a full tattoo, why don't you come to Jerome 
and get the guy that does the tool tattoos to do a tool tattoo for your tool documentary. So he changed his flight from Cleveland to Jerome or to Phoenix and came out and filmed that. That's where I started meeting a lot of people that were like embedded in the fan base, like the, the band Schism, sure. Alex Gray, you know, starting to rub shoulders with some of those guys. Have you got to meet Alex Gray or anybody like that? Yeah, I've met Alex a couple times at his house. He's got those, he does those little get-togethers and gives them played up there for April Fool's Day. So, you know, uh, I'm real close with those guys. I've hired those guys to play like three or four of my tattoo shop anniversary parties. Sure. What's it like, yeah. uh, what's it like meeting Alex Gray? You know, because you've obviously had tattooed his artwork prior to probably meeting him, correct? Yeah, and, you know, when you go up for these little get-togethers that he has, you know, he's painting and stuff. So, like, I guess I had a pre, you know, a pre thing in my head about, like, what it would be like to meet him. So, I, I, my, it was kind of like my goal to be, like, end up getting to paint with this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how cool would that be? And then when I got there, I could tell that his wife was kind of running the show. And, like, I, there was no chance of me painting without, without paying some money. So, yeah. I was just like, I just sort of left it at that. Yeah, the expectations will kill you. I liked it there. Everybody I met was really nice over there. The, yeah. you know, they're very good hosts. Sure. Right. What do you, what happens at these get togethers then? Usually Alex gets up there and does like a whole speech about his artwork and his association with the band and uh, how, you know, he's grateful that, you know, they chose him to represent what they're doing. And, and then he talks about, you know, DMT a lot and stuff like that. And, <laughs> and then everybody kind of breaks and, walks around and then there's usually some kind of entertainment there's a there's always a big bonfire going on you know some howling at the moon shit yeah you start doing tool stuff you 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 start to get noticed and you start creating this name for yourself as the guy who does tool tattoos not only that you're doing them in jerome i would on social media i would link up with uh you know some tool fan that you know wanted a tattoo like i'm doing my next air tnt with uh, Heidi Hunt. Uh, I met her out in Jerome, Arizona. I did a, a perfect circle portrait on her mm-hmm. um, out in Jerome, Arizona. So just like that, you know, certain clients would say, hey, I've always wanted to go to Jerome, Arizona. I've always wanted to get a tattoo by you. Why don't we make that shit happen? And we would. So how expensive is that for uh, a customer? Do they have to pay for your flight and whatnot? No, no, no. I never... I never put that into the equation. It wasn't really about the money or nothing like that. It was, it was about making those experiences everything it could be for the client. And knowing that that was the direction in which I was heading. Sure. You know what I mean? That it was, and I recognized that being a part of the fan base and, and doing some of the artwork that I know I'm capable of, that a lot of people aren't capable of, you know what I mean? I knew sure, sure. as long as I treated everybody well and, and did what I was supposed to do and did a really good job. That's your life. It was going to, it was going to be well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's your, uh, I don't want to say niche because it's not really a niche. It's, it's more of a talent and you're just being nice to your fan base. You know, you're cut, you're, you're growing your business is really what you're talking about. And, and well, we have tools, we have a big part of that. In common. Yeah. yeah. We, we have something in common and, uh, it gave me an opportunity to spend time in Jerome and, and hang out there and, that was really cool because I got, I got really tight with a lot of the locals there. There aren't very many locals there, and let me tell you something: if you're acting like a bengong and drunk, you will get chased out of drunk. They don't, they don't like nobody that's a bengong. So uh, it was really cool to to spend some quality time up there and get like sort of, for the most part, accepted into that little group of people. It was it was really cool. Have you uh, got to meet any of the band? Not really meet. Uh, I've sat next to Maynard at dinner before, uh, <laughs> unexpectedly. We were at the uh, Asylum, which is the haunted hotel up there in Jerome. And uh, I was doing a guest spot at the tattoo studio because there was a convention in Phoenix. So I was I had brought in clients from Maryland to Jerome, to Phoenix for the convention, but we were staying in Jerome. Got you. And uh, we were just there. We pulled up a table and we were eating and... Uh, my girlfriend at the time kind of nudged me and went like that over towards the entrance. And uh, I look over and there's Maynard with his red pants and his black Pittsburgh shirt and his red fedora. 
and uh, he's got a new baby in tote and his wife and some other person. I think it ended up being someone that was subbing in for uh, Matt McDuncan's when he was with the Eagles of Death Metal in Europe. He kept coming into view and out of view talking to the hostess or whatever, and he started pointing in our direction. And again, I'm just not even really, I'm, he's probably like, oh, there's that fucking guy. I don't want to sit anywhere near that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so sure as shit, this uh, waitress comes over and she sits all his whole party literally right down at our table. I didn't say a word to him. I just sort of was just like, okay, cool. Why not? This is sort of weird. I mean. He was having dinner, man. But if he's at your he's table. Not, well, I like get our. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, he wasn't sitting at our table, but it was, I mean. I was as close as I am to this shit behind me. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's no, right I get there. it. I get it. I uh, I was eating dinner at the most recent uh, Deftones concert, and Frank, the DJ, was like right in front of me, kind of same situation. And uh, I mm-hmm. nudged my buddy. I'm like, dude, it's Frank. He like looked at me, nodded, and then I nodded, and then that was it. It's like you don't go mess with people when they're eating, <laughs> especially when they're eating. Yeah. That's family time. I was definitely, I thought about like asking, you know, something dumb, something. Yeah. What did he even say? People ask me from time to time, like, you know, are you going to ever interview the band? I'm like, of course I would love to. But the issue is like, what the fuck do you say to these guys? (laughs) Like without sounding like an idiot. You're like, Hey, I really like your shit. Like what, what else? You would definitely have to have a good question lineup. You couldn't just free ball that one. No, uh, no, you'd have to like, you have to do some homework and figure out what bothers them, you know, what has been asked seventy million fucking times. So don't and don't ask, ask that. that. You know yeah. what I mean? No, I've thought about it because I've I've gotten close. I think like I've gotten, let's just say I've gotten close to being able to interview uh, a member here and there, and this is a relatively yeah. new podcast. So yeah, and, and I was freaking out too when it was kind of in the air, and you just you're just like. Ugh. What the fuck? So the I first have? time I went out to the first time I went out to Jerome, um, the buddy, my buddy Richard that owned the tattoo studio at the time, he according to him I was supposed to tattoo Maynard's wife's foot. She wanted to get something on her foot, but she ended up chickening out of it. So like the whole time I'm on my way there, I'm like they lost my luggage with all my tattoo shit in it, and I was freaking out. I was like, dude, if I have to tattoo this dude's wife and I don't have my shit, it's your fault. So I'm I'm guessing the tattoo instrument itself, yours is probably customized just for you, right? Like the tattoo machine in general, like I don't know what you call it, the pen or yeah, tattoo machine. So I'm saying, if you had to use somebody else's equipment, do you think that would have affected how good your tattoo was? Depends. Um, if if it was a coil, like an old school coil machine, it would also it would depend on if how well they maintain their coil machine because you have to maintain them and tinker with them all the time. Uh, if it was a rotary machine, I'd have been fine. Gotcha. 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 Um, now all the rotary machines are kind of the same for the most part. Now they got the battery pack ones. So you don't even have a wire. You can chase somebody around the room with them if you want. You got any like uh, crazy, like customer stories? Like what, wh- who's been the coolest? Who's been the most difficult? Anybody pass out? Uh, have you had to, had to tattoo somebody's dick before. I've heard about these. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've tattooed just about every part on a human body before. Nothing really crazy. It's always very professional. And, <laughs> you know, you, you act like it's no big deal, you know? Yeah, but it's still uh, somebody's dick. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not just dick, you know, but yeah, there's some dick, you know? <laughs> what are you going to do? Nothing. You, you, you have to do your job. Like, you do your job. Well, there's a hand, there's a handling fee for those. You know what I mean? That's a five hundred dollar. You know, that's a five hundred dollar handling fee at least. People can be difficult, so like any crazy stories that I probably have are going to be just me venting or bitching about how difficult people can be. You know, changing their mind fifty million times. I I had this raffle or whatever, and I'm not even getting all the money for the raffle. He put three hundred bucks in. He won one of the two prizes that were given. And then he changed his mind 75 fucking times during the consultation process. And, and a lot of it pertained to what was physically possible. Of course, he wanted Alex to shit. You know, so I 
I was showing him what was possible, what was available, because I've done a bunch of these Alex Gray pieces, so they're already on clients, and I've already promised those clients that I wouldn't do those tattoos on anybody else. You know, so there's only a handful of things that are available in that Alex Gray realm. Anyway, he changed his mind 75 times, wanted to sell it a couple times during that whole consultation, and I'm like, I don't like my shit being resold for profit for you, but I guess, okay, yeah. you know, just let me know who it is. And uh, anyway, I ended up just saying, look, let me give you your money back. Uh, you know what I mean? We're just not supposed to work together. Yeah, we're not vibing like we talked about earlier. Things like that are the crazy dumb shit that, you know, make you like even question tattooing anymore. You know, uh, but for the most part, everybody's cool. What, what is, you know, what's uh, been your most difficult tattoo? Has it been an Alex Gray? It has to be. In, well, it's all the Alex Grays have a place in the top echelon of difficulty, well, right? Sure. But I've, I've done this one big body piece on a guy named Brian Goddard, and it's not an Alex Gray piece, but it's a big geometrical piece in the center of his chest, and these two matching spiral staircases with these spaces in them on the sides and this gateway and his belly button. It was like his whole torso, and that's probably my most difficult piece today. Do you have a picture of that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 send me that one too. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Um, it's crazy. So being an artist yourself, what, what kind of art do you create? That's not tool related. I do all kinds of stuff, but most of the, mostly what I do is photorealism. I specialize in photorealism. It's something that's always spoken to me. It's like kind of like capturing a moment with a little, sure. little, your own little personal time machine, which is, is really cool to be able to, you know. Put, and that's by photorealism, meaning like you can take a picture or you can just look at somebody and, and paint them in that moment or draw them in that moment. And it looks. Yeah. I mean, it, I usually use a reference, you know, a photograph that you want. It's my job to replicate that photograph. So I like to do that. And do you, like, it's, it's like, it's the most like painting. Sure. Uh, do you do a lot of photo realism tattoos? Yes. That's mostly what I do. I, I, I love doing portraits and, and animal portraits and, movie stills and concert stills and stuff like that. It's capturing the moment. And there's a lot of movement in, um, in a, a photograph like that. Um, I, and I'm sort of fascinated by movement. That's why I like painting. That's why I like sculpting. That's why I like tattooing. It's, there's a movement to it. You know, it's sort of like a dance. And, um, yeah, so anything that captures movement, I'm a fan of. I'm, I'm trying to... You're gonna have to send me some pictures of, of some of those as well, because I, I can see like maybe like the Maynard with the mic, and maybe even like a basketball player Duncan, right? That's, mm-hmm. There's yeah. like movement there. Uh, I can't draw for shit, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I can't draw a stick figure to save my life, but um, I'm very interested in obviously all of this because I have podcasts about it, and I think part of that is because I can't draw. Like it, it seems. The, for some reason, I can't get the, like, perspective thing down. Like, I think you're just born with that. Like, you can do the side of somebody's head, but in 2D. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that there's a... Uh, some of that is inherited. You know, it's part of the DNA. But, I, you know, it's just like anything that you enjoy. It does take a lot, a lot of hard work. This Art is something I've been doing since I could hold a pencil. Because my mother was, um, my paternal mother, you know, she was a really fantastic artist and that, but it takes a lot of hard work, no matter what discovery you have or what you enjoy, it takes a lot of practice, lots of repetition, lots of studying. So other than two, I mean, Alex Gray tattoos, what other, you did, you've done, like you said, portraits of Maynard, any other non-Alex Gray? Oh, I've done anything you can think of that has to do with the band, like a lot of the claymation videos that they played on MTV and, um, the Butler and whatnot. Yeah. Cam DeLeon stuff and Oculus, double, the double Oculus eyes and a lot of Chet Gar tattoos. Yeah. Um, anybody that's really created art for the band or any of the concert stills or, um, music videos, they've all been, 
they've all been messed with or, or considered or done. What's the uh, what's been your like most proud tool tattoo? Yeah, put me on the spot here with a lot of clients. Um, I don't know, buddy. There's there's a few that stand really far out. I mean, man, there's so many. I, I'll just rattle some off. I uh, just recently did one on my buddy Ben Coyle. He got the dying. It's the Alex Gray piece on his forearm. It came out fantastic. Shane Hexham, of course. That's a fantastic tattoo. George Davis has gotten a few now from me. One is the Alex Gray, the hand yeah. painted with the paintbrush. I've done that one on him. Uh, he just got a Chet Zard tattoo with his Air T&T package. That was the guy who most Hi, recently hon- came. He got the Chet Zard, right? Like kind of somewhere on his arm, right? Yep, that's correct. And... Um, Heidi Hunt's got a really good APC one. Uh, Alicia Rhodes got her back, her whole left side of her back done with like a, a 90s undertow uh, portrait. Um, like a concert still from one of the, yeah, the live yeah, shows yeah. in the 90s. Wes Harden had a whole leg sleeve uh, of the band members and like comics hitting the earth. And a bunch of cloud dust that was coming together really, really cool before he passed away. My buddy Donnie Ruff, he's got a whole sleeve. Uh, it's got the double Oculus eye and the schism video and some other stuff. A Chet Zar piece in here. My buddy Brad, uh, he's got the Chet Zar piece with the eyes on the forearm. Uh, he's also got the gas mask Chet Zar on the, on the front of his arm. Um, there's so many. Gotcha. There's so many. <laughs> um, what about other bands? Uh, do people ask you to tattoo stuff from other bands? Absolutely. Um, I think actually Heidi Hunt's getting uh, the guy from Judas Priest and a portrait of Lane Stanley. Stanley Staley. Lane's, uh, Lane Staley? What? God damn it. Staley, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Allison Chains, singer that died. Yeah. Yeah. So we're doing Wayne. two portraits while she's while she's here for a week nice how uh i you don't have to answer this if you don't want to because i'm sure it depends on the tattoo but how much is one of these care like coming to your house and staying for a week cost it really depends on the package that they choose there's some variables that are involved like um the menu that they, they choose and uh, the adventure days that we choose and how many days they're staying and how many people are coming for one person for three days is 2500 bucks comes with your transportation to and from the airport, it comes with your meals, comes with any entertainment that we do, and of course the tattoos and the aftercare that is required for those tattoos and a little gift bag and some swag and stuff like that. Two people for three days I would do for three grand. We probably wouldn't have as much time for an adventure day with that as well though. Um, and then what most people are doing is the five day or you can bring up to four people in it. Uh, five grand, five to seven days is five grand. Because I'm, 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 uh, I'm curious to get on one of these packages eventually when I stop buying so many posters. <laughs> yeah, posters are definitely something that can get you in trouble, dude. I've got a bunch. I got a bunch. What's your favorite? Oh man. Or what are some of your favorites? What, my, do, you, what do you got? My my favorite so far is probably because I. I shared the memory with my oldest son was the uh, Pussifer in the Fillmore in Philadelphia with the Moon Man. It's autographed and everything. Yeah, um, yeah. That's, that's probably my favorite because of the sentiment of the show. The second favorite is the Hawaii poster from 2010 or something, 2009, whatever the, the orange one is. Yeah, the orange and white one. Um, and just because I went to a Hawaii show, they don't have a poster for the show I went to, so that's like the next best thing, I guess. Man, I, do you take posters son, as payment? I have used posters as payment. Yes, in fact, uh, George Davis used a poster that was doodled by Chad Zar. Let me see if I can show you. I don't know if you can see me or not, but there's the poster that George yeah I can see created partial payment on his air tnt that's a fucking awesome one um you have to send me a picture of that too yeah and then i got some posters hanging up here on the wall up here some you got a bunch bro <laughs> well this is only some of them because i have i don't have enough frames for a lot of them and no nah, the frames uh, is a killer part 
That's one of a hundred. That's the aqua canvas. Hi, Gravity. I got a bunch that aren't in frames yet. Well, there's a signed drum head from that same show as the Moon Man. Yeah. I don't have a tool drum head yet, though. I'd like to get a hold of one one of these days. Me too. <laughs> I tried real hard in Europe. It didn't uh, didn't work out. Tool, tool has so much art. It's really hard to to decide. And, and, and me, I don't want to. I don't want to do what everybody else does and and get Alex Gray just because it's Alex Gray. Um, yeah, there are a lot of people that don't want portraits on them, right? But I would say that the most versatile subject matter that you can attach to band related that you're not going to have the same piece as someone else's the concert still. You know what I mean? Like moments from concerts. You know, and there, there's some pretty epic ones out there too. Sure. I uh, I'm I don't get faces uh, for tattoos. Yeah, a lot of people feel that same way too, and I can I can definitely understand why. You know what I mean? It's just someone else's face on you. It's not weird. Yeah, and not that I don't trust uh, your ability or any tattoo tattooist ability. I know I would find uh, I would find <laughs> I'd find some way to hate it. If, if... <laughs> yeah, you just steer clear of that one then. Yeah, no, I'm I'm very. Uh, neurotic <laughs> mm-hmm. like again when i was and doing- a lot of people are and now i will say in you know on in uh, devil's advocate there is if you if you point out one thing that you know you're kind of worried about that that's like a no big dealer but if you're like picking the part every single thing that the artist is trying to do while they're doing it that can get to i've had that happen before too. yeah that's I, like i literally you tr- got to trust me well you definitely got to come in for for one of these little uh, getaways, yeah, no, I'm def- it'd be good. I'm definitely thinking about it. I, I, I got to figure out what, what to get that's tool related, or at least spiral related, because of the right, podcast. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of what good questions you would want people who are getting tattoos to know. Kind of like, like you said earlier, you can't. There, there are limits, you know, especially when it comes to Alex Gray. Uh, yeah. You got to have trust in your tattoo artist, you know? Yeah. And if, uh, if you're asking for something, if you're asking for, you know, something in a design or something and the artist says that's not possible or no, I'm not comfortable with that. You shouldn't try to pressure the artist into doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, or anything like that or getting frustrated because they've said no, you know, there's a reason for that. And, and if you're, if you're approaching an artist, about an Alex Gray tattoo in the first place, you know, you should have done a lot of research. You know, that's a that's probably the most difficult tattoo that you can possibly pick out in any in any tattoo. So I can't think of any other example of a tattoo that is more difficult than an Alex Gray tattoo. So, you know, you should do your research. You should listen to the artist. They know what's possible. They know the amount of space that is required. They know how much time it's going to take. And they know what they're worth. And they you know, know their so, own capabilities. Right. So if they're saying no, there's a reason for that. And if you don't agree with them, you should still respect the word no, because that means that they're probably not going to be able to do it if you force them to. Yeah, and go find somebody that can. You know, it's an open market. But you also got to be wary that there are people that will tell you they can do things that they can't do. Yeah. Just to get your money. Sure. You know, so if you've, researched out a good artist or you're you're in touch with a good artist and they say that's not possible and you go to somebody else down the road or you go to somebody's cousin or brother or friend in their kitchen and they say yeah sit down i'm gonna do that no problem they're lying to you (laughs) you know be careful you're you're telling me not to get a backyard tattoo in my friend's cousin's (laughs) wife's uh garage (laughs) no not unless you know for sure that that artist normally doesn't do that like I know Carl Grace, right? Funny story about Carl Grace. Uh, he's like one of the most famous black and gray artists on the planet. And uh, he goes to people like celebrities' houses and does tattoos on them in their house, you know? And I had a girlfriend at the time. We were at this tattoo convention. And who's sitting right next to us? But Carl Grace. And she proceeded to tell him how she shouldn't be doing tattoos in his house. And it was the funniest thing ever to watch her do that because He's just looking at her like, who are you? Bitch, I'm a legend. Like, that was Tim McGraw's house, bitch. <laughs> what about? And it was. He was doing these big guns on Tim McGraw's back. There wasn't, it wasn't horses? 
No, nah, I think it was, I think it was guns. It might have been horses too, but it was a big <laughs> piece on McGraw. It wasn't beer for his horses. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, how much cover up stuff do you do? I do a lot of cover up, and I I usually enjoy doing them because it's the opportunity to take someone's regret away. Dude, that's, um, that's but, uh, number one for me. Yeah, that's cool, right? Like to be able to do that, that's awesome. There's a lot of that what's possible, not possible in that conversation. You know, you can't just take any old tattoo and slop it right over top of an old tattoo and it works like that. You have to tie chi it. You have to move with what's available and, and put things around things and use dark backgrounds to cover up things. There's a, you know, there's some finesse to a, a good cover up. You, you know, you can't just smack an old ta- a new tattoo over an old tattoo and expect to not see it again. I think if I went and saw you, because of this conversation, if I did that uh, home away from home package, uh, it would be a cover up. And I'm going to tell you why. So I have this Deftones tattoo right here. Uh, I got when I, on my 17th birthday, right? And I was raised by my grandfather. And while getting the tattoo, he died uh, mm-hmm. on my birthday. <laughs> I literally had to get up from the tattoo, rush over to the house, watch the ambulance take his body away. Then the next day I go and finish the tattoo because it paid for it. What else am I going to do? I don't even remember getting it. All I know is I have this like terrible tattoo <laughs> that takes up half my arm. It'd be different if it was good. It was well done. It was not well done. And it's just like this constant reminder of like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's kind of crazy you bring it up because um, yesterday was the anniversary of my father's passing. And it was on my little sister's 18th birthday. When he passed away, and I remember getting called away from the tattoo I was doing to experience pretty much exactly what you just described. And I hope my family member doesn't ever listen to this podcast because uh, a family member took me back to the tattoo artist the next day with their spouse. And I just thought I found it completely odd because they both got tattoos to commemorate my grandfather. He was a great guy. He's like, he, he was like an innovator in construction. And you ever seen that movie Big Fish? Yeah. He's kind of like that guy. Just kind of been everywhere, right. done everything uh, type person. A- anyways, my family member and their spouse both got matching tattoos on their neck <laughs> to commemorate him. <laughs> and uh, I just found it completely odd that two people had his birthday and my birthday on their necks. And, uh, I get the commemorative thing, but they're not even together anymore. So some random lady that used to be with one of my family members has my birthday and my grandfather's birthday <laughs> tattooed right on her neck. And I have no idea where she is. I don't know this lady anymore. Location, location, location. Somebody's going to ask her like, yeah, I'm sure she gets asked all the time. Hey, what are those two dates on your neck? And it's like, uh, <laughs> I, used to, I used to date this person and. <laughs> their their father died and we were cool so i got you know what i'm saying on my neck yeah <laughs> that's that's funny brother no i know it's, it's hilarious but <laughs> in retrospect but i'm telling you during the, the that day after he died uh and just sitting there like some guy trying to finish this cat deftones tattoo as fast as possible because he's he's just like this is terrible what just happened this you know do you have a well is your video working yet i haven't i couldn't really see the tattoo but i did hear you say that it's like half your arm right like it's big right uh it's it's i'll get the video it's there you are it would be very hard to cover up i think Um, yeah that's what i would assume yeah i mean and it's very black and bold I mean, nothing's impossible. No, but it would definitely. I don't. Lose. I don't have expectations when it comes to that thing. I've been told I have to get laser surgery as well, and um, to get it lightened. And that, yeah, that might be a good idea because otherwise, from what I can see, you're going to need to almost do your entire arm just to cover that up, just because you wouldn't be able to just smack something over top of it, right? You'd have to put something below and above it and then have a dark, busy background in between those two things in order to do that work. Does that make sense? Of course. And uh, I'm on, I'm in the attitude of like, if anybody wants to take that on, 
I'll just let them do whatever they want. I'm not, I don't even care. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I mean, you can always go with outer space. Outer space is yeah, like, that's what I thought. That's what I was thinking. That's like a go-to. Cause like you can have big voids of black or, or get that really gassy nebula look out of something that looks like what your forearm does. Which I'm not going to, you're not going to, which I love. Yeah. And that's the easiest, most, you know, reasonable approach for sure. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, now, no, uh, it, it, uh, it's a big project though. For sure. And, uh, like, like kind of like you said, uh, and we've been talking about this whole episode is when you're going to get a tattoo, you should have, um, reasonable expectations. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, and have had a lot of discussion about, it. you know, be on the same page and I'm back. Hi buddy. Hold on. I'm in, I'm still on the phone call. Say I'll, hi. I'll let you go here in a second. Um, I love you too, bud. Go ahead, brother. I'm listening to you. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to ask a couple of questions. I ask uh, every every uh, artist or person that comes on my on my show. What uh, you obviously collect tool posters, but is there anything else you collect? Um, I did collect baseball cards for much of my life. I just recently liquidated most of my collection, but I kept all the good stuff. I still have like the the good ones because I want to pass them along to the kids. You know, I got a. A Mickey Mantle card. I got a Jordan rookie. I got, you know, I got some good stuff that's still in the box, but most of it got sold. Uh, as for tool posters, uh, are are there any grails out there for you that you don't have? Like, is there anyone you're looking for that you're like, I can't seem to get? Yeah, I mean, the fir- my first show ever is that that I don't think that poster exists. So if somehow, some way, that poster ever popped up, that would be like. That'd be the one. I would literally do almost anything to get a hold of that thing, you know? Um, but other than that, no, not really. I, I have all posters to all the shows I've ever been to, and those are the ones that are really, really important to me. You know, I, I collect the ones that I've been to, and uh, I've been a part of some of the Secret Santas and the and the raffles and stuff like that. So I've gotten some that I, that I haven't been to. But most of the pushes that I have are shows that I've actually been to. That's awesome. I'm I'm trying to get there too. Just so happens that all the Vegas, I live in Las Vegas. All the previous Vegas ones are for some reason quite expensive and rare. You um, know what? There is one that I I have been to that I I never got a poster to because the it was a shit show at the merch booth. Was the the Monster Mash? I was at Monster Mash and I didn't get a hold of a poster for that. That would be. I'd really like to get a hold of that because that was a great concert. I see them pop up every once in a while. Yeah, you can get a hold of them once in a while, but they're pretty expensive. You should just put a post up. We'll trade tattoo for Monster Mesh. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe you can help me push that. I, <laughs> well, I'll put, I'll, I'll, I'll put it in the liner notes for the episode. Um, yeah. Last couple of questions. Um, what what has been your favorite Tool song you've seen live? Rosetta Stone, hands down. That like I had never heard that song in its entirety because of the way it starts out on the album, and you know I was still kind of like getting into him. So like I skipped over that song so many times when it was just him talking in the megaphone because I couldn't understand it, but. Once I saw it live in concert, I was blown away. And which is really cool because I'm good friends with Bill Manspeaker. Like, and that's the, that's the dude that the song's about. Bill Manspeaker? The dude the from, guy Green, from Green, Green Jello? Jello? Okay. Yeah. He's, so apparently that's like a story that he came back and told one night and that they turned it into a song. Oh, wow. I did not know that. He, yeah, it was, yeah. He's supposed to come on the show. Uh, but he's kind of uh, aloof. Yeah, but once you get a hold of him, he's a cool dude. You know, very personable for sure. Anytime he's in town, he stays at my house. Very cool guy. Um, and, yeah. and Green Jello's touring right now, I think. Yeah, they're always touring. That's like one of the coolest ideas ever is to have band members in certain locations instead of shipping band members all over the country. Like, how cool is that? Yeah, it's like having hired guns. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it it's definitely interesting. I, I I don't knock anything, but I, I know that if 
if, if it's very creative. Yeah. You know, especially for that, it's definitely for that project, you know, cause it, that project's always been, um, creative is, is the right word. Yeah. Very creative dude. He's very intelligent. He's very fun to talk to. You guys will have a blast. Great. Um, last, I think last question, uh, favorite tool song and lyric. And that tool, just like most bands, I think my favorite tool song changes all the time. You know, it's how you're feeling. It's how, you know, what kind of part of life you're in. You know, you'll you'll go back and listen to a song, and just because you haven't heard it in a year, you'll be like, oh, my God, I never noticed that. And it'll be something you listen to on repeat for a couple of times just to get that in you. You know, there's so many different songs that attach to so many different parts of life at, at different times that it's hard to pick one. So what, what's your current one, then? My current one? I like ticks and leeches right now. I like ticks and leeches. I like hooker with a penis right now. Thank you for coming on the show. And tell people yeah, man, where, fun. tell people where they can find your stuff, how to get a hold of you, if they want a tattoo, uh, all that good madness. I'm sure you got a waiting list and yada yada yada. The easiest <laughs> the easiest way to get a hold of me is on Facebook probably, just because I, I use it the most. Um I don't ever really check my Instagram messages unless I'm expecting something. I never check my email because it's just too much. Um, and I try to separate certain things. So uh, if you're trying to get a hold of me for a tattoo, the best way is on Facebook. Uh, you can try Instagram. Sometimes I check that. Uh, it's follow the train hat on Instagram and uh, Justin Holcomb on Facebook. Pretty easy to find. Um, I'm booking in like August or September at this time. Uh, Air TNT packages are, are, are a go. That's like fully, fully off the ground right now. So if you're interested in coming into town and not spending a whole shitload of money on hotel rooms that you don't know where people have been doing in, uh, and you don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to buy a bunch of food, uh, and you don't want to drive anywhere or, or have to get rental cars. Like it's the way to go. No brainer. Um, how long is the tattoo session when you, when you do those, uh, at home ones? It's all, it's all day. It's, um, you know, as long as the tattoo takes usually for the most part. Now, some tattoos require second sessions or third sessions, depending on the, the extravagance of that project. But, you know, a full day is normally about eight hours. That's usually when people are like, all right, stop touching me with that thing. <laughs> yeah, no. My, uh, <laughs> yeah. When when the wiping starts to piss me off when you when I'm getting tattooed and and the wipe like the wipe that's what gets me it's not yeah. the tattoo it's the wipe and I get fucking angry I'm like all right stop touching me with that fucking paper towel <laughs> yeah yeah uh, that usually occurs right around the six to eight hour mark uh again thank you Justin for coming on find him on Facebook like I said he's booked till August but I'll post uh you know examples of of your work and whatnot and yeah good luck man and i hope we talk again soon i really appreciate you having me on that was fun sorry about the the little tiny gravity in the background no i, I really appreciate it and we can do this again sometime for sure yeah let's do it again yeah. i'm sure there'll be more to talk about we'll probably go back and hear this and be like oh we can talk about this or that and, and then since then i'll have done a few air tnts so yeah. i'll get to We've done the one, and, and uh, George and Amy are very kind of laid back, you know, easy going, just want to go antique and, and chill and go to the beach a little bit, maybe, you know, kind of people. But I'm sure that there's going to be some wild, crazy stories at some point. I hope so. And not only that, I'm, uh, you know, like I said, highly considering doing one myself here uh, towards maybe the end of the year uh, or beginning next year. Well, there you go. Maybe, maybe we could just purposely make it a crazy story. Well, we could try. I'm, 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 I'm kind of on the uh, antiquing chill level. <laughs> I'm gonna put you in a plane. We're gonna go jump out of it. That's what we're gonna do. I will definitely do that. I've never, I've never. Yeah. Done that. Well, there you go. Right off the spot. There's our adventure. Skydiving. No, I'm definitely gonna go. <laughs> um, I'll make that happen. I will fucking jump out of a plane with you in a heartbeat. Let's do it and document it, dude. That would be great. Yeah. Uh, 
if you're listening, look for that towards uh, the end of the, the year and maybe early next year. Justin Holcomb, thank there you so go. much. And 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 I'll you're get welcome. a tattoo all at the same time. Yeah, at the same time, that would be really difficult. But <laughs> hey, I'll try. <laughs> Not at the well. Well, <laughs> you got about twenty nine seconds. <laughs> I see, yeah, I see a guy with a parachute going, all right, so explain this to me one more time. <laughs> You're going to tattoo him while falling? Yes, yes. Right. <laughs> um, all right, Justin, thank you so much for coming on. All right, brother, thank you so much for having me. You're, you're welcome. Thank you again, Justin, for coming on. Uh, I'm definitely going to have to contemplate jumping out of a plane with you. I feel like I can do it. I feel, I feel like I'd be fine. As long as they don't have like a really strict weight limit, you know, I'm not, I'm not a small person. Again, Pucifer on tour right now is such an amazing show. Oh my God. The aliens, they're dancing. Uh, Karina's dancing. Jesus. Karina is dancing. Uh, anyways, Maynard is so close. If you happen to be in the first few rows, he's like, uh, like five, 10 feet away from you. And it's just, it's just kind of rare. To, it feels rare. It feels intimate um, being being that close. And the show is just so well put together. Uh, the set list is amazing. Uh, it's, it seems unique. Comparing Tool to Pucifer shows, I mean, they're just so... I don't want to say different, but they are different. But they're... It's just a different... It's just a different feel altogether. Uh, seeing Pucifer right now just feels very, very intimate. And very special. It's just been kind of pleasant and not so, um, uh, you know. Tool played Bonnaroo last night. Uh, short set, but people seem to like it. I haven't seen them at a festival since, um, hmm, probably Coachella in 2005. Was it 2006? One of those. Anyways, uh, again. Go follow Justin on Instagram at follow the train hat. Uh, if you want to book with him, go find him on Facebook, Justin Holcomb. I'll have links in the description. Check out some of his artwork that I'll post with the episode. Have fun going to the rest of the Pustifer shows after Bonnaroo. Hope, hope to see some cool posters. I got some for trades. And if you have that Monster Mash signed poster, uh, Justin Holcomb is willing to trade some tattoo work for a signed Monster Mash. I'd jump on that if you if you have one of those and it's in a portfolio or something. Trade art in a portfolio for art in the body. And uh, don't get COVID if you can help it. Uh, it sucks, uh, as you can hear. So again, stay tuned for more episodes. Follow me on Facebook at SpiralOutPod. Follow me on Instagram, Spiral underscore out underscore pod. Website, SpiralOut.Podbean.com. Got to get that just straight.com soon. And I look forward to hearing and getting back into the podcast game. Thank you for listening. Spiral Out.